Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You want to join the show? You can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. Uh, so whenever we start the show out, we always kind of do a quick review beforehand because we always, you know, bring different show prep to the, the floor. And sometimes we bring the same show prep to the show. And that's what we have done tonight. Uh, again, we, we don't coordinate these things in advance. Chris, you and I had a very similar story about Russia looking at taking uh, Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin for oil and gas. This according to Decrypt.co and other cryptocurrency news media. They say here that apparently Pavel Zavalny, the chairman of the Russia State Duma Committee on Energy, said during a videotape... They still call it the Duma? What is that? Uh, that's what they called the legislature during the Soviet years. Wow. I, I guess. Uh, wow. Uh, so they, uh, he said during a videotaped press conference this week that the country would accept Bitcoin for its energy exports. According to a transcript, Zavalny said the West would either need to pay for oil using rubles or gold, while allies or neutral countries such as China and Turkey can settle in rubles or their native currencies. He then added, you can also trade bitcoins. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's a pretty huge deal. Uh, and, you know, this is the chairman of the committee, so presumably this is a... a not just like we're talking about it. This is a maybe thing. It sounds like, yeah, if you want to buy oil for Bitcoin from Russia, now you can do that. That's, That's a thing. awesome. Wow. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting if they actually have transactions, like some sizable transactions in any kind of crypto. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they do and it becomes a thing, that's going to have a massive cause, you know, the, the markets to go crazy when it comes to crypto yeah well when you think about it if you're if you're an oil buying nation okay you can have your reserves in dollars now you can have your reserves in rubles it used to have to be you used to have to have enough dollar reserves right. to buy oil and that was the basis of the petro dollar now you can have your money in dollars which is losing value rubles which is losing value precipitously mm-hmm or Bitcoin, which is either staying the same or gaining. I mean, Bitcoin can it go down. Can go down. It can go down. But, it, but has there been any since the introduction of Bitcoin? Has there been a year where it has lost value year over year? I, there probably has. been. I think there has been. But you have to understand also that if you've given it any, I think three, two or three year period, it's it's like the value has skyrocketed from where it was. So Yeah, there's never been a two-year drop. The only time there might have been a one-year drop is this very last year. I don't know. After 2017's spike, uh, it went down for a couple of years. It took, it took like three years for it yeah. to come back. Uh, mm. from that so but it might have it might have okay. all gone down in that first year and then started to come back up i don't know i'd have to look at okay. the, the charts yeah you're probably right actually that was that was probably the one time but history shows if you have held on to bitcoin for three or four years since when you bought it it's probably gone up yeah history uh, shows time. again and again and how nature it, points out the follies of man it's not even gone it's not even <laughs> if, you, if you held it at least three years it's not even gone up just a little bit it's gone up a lot 
good from chances. where you bought it at. Good chances, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you bought it at the height, for example, like when it hit twenty thousand dollars, it mm-hmm. then it dropped to as That's low the previous as like, height. Yeah, six thousand. It, yeah. it dropped as low as six thousand. Went down, but like, what's it at? It went all the way up to sixty six since then, and correct. it dropped back to forty. But forty is still way high, way higher than twenty. Yep. 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 Sure is. In fact, today I think it hit around forty four, forty five thousand yep. dollars per uh, per Bitcoin. So, I mean, the odds that some co- country is going to pay with Bitcoin seems fairly slim. I mean, if you've got a bunch of rubles sitting around, you might as well pay with those first, right? Uh, because again, those are going to lose I, value. I don't know. It, it the ruble is. Actually, the one national currency that I think might not be at its low point or at its high point mm-hmm. now, just because there was a huge drop in the ruble when sanctions hit. Right. And the thing is, the sanctions aren't going to be forever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people people act like these things are, are forever and ever. Amen. But the reality is they're not going to sanction Russia forever. They can't. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, so the ruble I expect to recover somewhat. Yeah, it. it I, I, if I, unless I'm mistaken about this, I don't even think it went down. I mean, it, it. Don't get me wrong, it dropped, but like it didn't drop that much. I think it was like something like eighty. It went from like eighty to ninety four on the dollar or something like that. So really, is that? Yeah, I'd heard there was a pretty precipitous drop, but uh, we should probably look into yeah, it, it would rather be good to than look actually into. speculate about I, it. I, I am speculating a little bit, but that's what I thought I recall. Mm-hmm reading i must admit i'm speculating too because uh, i haven't had the money for speculation um <laughs> so i haven't been watching currencies or anything qu- that quickly uh not that any of us would want to buy something like a fiat currency yet nah. uh, even if we could uh, no nah. i mean why insane. why would i buy rubles when i can just spend my crypto yeah to buy oil yeah uh so well, well of course the reason why it's kind of difficult to use cryptocurrency to buy something like oil is you know generally you want something that's going to be stable to make a purchase like that i mean we're not talking about uh like here in Keene, well, New Hampshire. i mean really playing devil's advocate what you want to make your payment in is the thing you think will drop the most in the future mm-hmm so if I was making payments, I would want to make my payments in dollars first. Or rubles or whatever. Yeah. Spend what you want to get rid of. Right. Yeah. Hold what you want to hold. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying. I can't imagine many um, are going to actually use Bitcoin to make this purchase. I, I, think, the, yeah. I think the times- But it's great that it's available. I mean, it's amazing. The times yeah. that I think that- I see there's so so sometimes it's it's valuable to spend your crypto over spending your dollars. And, and I think it, it just kind of depends on the circumstances, uh, like like if you're paying, you know, high fees for something to purchase something from overseas. Because, or if you're if you can't send a bank transfer because yeah. you've got sanctions against you. Or right. Something like right. That, right. right? Like, yeah. There's a lot of situations where, you know, crypto can come then in it handy. Makes sense. Right. Or if you're trying to buy something from the dark web, not that, that mm. I'm suggesting people are. But, um, you know, there's a lot of different well, situations. People do. That, Otherwise, the yeah. dark web wouldn't exist. Well, sure, sure. So, but anyway, the point is that there's a lot of situations where people, it's either going to save them money or it's the only option or, you know, just a lot of different things. Well, plus, and this is kind of a different situation. Normally, when we're trying to get like a local business to take cryptocurrency here in the Keene area, which is one of the top places on the planet for businesses that accept crypto on a per capita basis. You know, you have to talk to the business owner about, oh, well, you know, obviously you can't spend this with your uh, your vendors, right? Like the whoever it is that's mm-hmm. selling you, like the Corner News here, which has been taking Bitcoin since I think as far back as 2013 or something. It's been a long time. Uh, she's got to buy more inventory from mm-hmm. some kind of a supplier. And the odds are that the supplier 
isn't going to take Bitcoin at this point in the game. So it's sort of mm-hmm. a dead end. So she, <sighs> so what you know, you have to tell them is, look, mm-hmm. it's not going to be. 90% of your sales. It's going to be 1%, maybe. It's going to be a half a yeah. percent. It's not going to be a huge chunk. So then in that case, you can just kind of play with it as long as you're not scraping by, barely making the rent payments. If you get half a percentage right. or a percentage of your sales in crypto, you're fine just sitting on that and waiting and seeing. It, and that's a different situation mm-hmm. than buying oil. However, since you're buying it from the supplier in this case, the Russian government probably doesn't really care because it wants that Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So it's no skin off the buyer's mm-hmm. back to spend whatever amount of Bitcoin they have because they don't have to worry about it fluctuating later. It's usually the person that takes it that's worried about the fluctuations. But mm-hmm. in the case of the Russian government, I mean, I presume it's a Russian—I'm pretty sure it's a Russian state oil company that is doing the, uh, the oil deals here. So they mm-hmm. don't have anybody else to answer to. They can just take the Bitcoin, sell the oil, and sit on the Bitcoin. And uh, and again, it probably won't be the majority of their their sales. Anyway. Yeah, I, and you know, it's it's kind of interesting because it's not it's not really impossible to buy, pay suppliers in crypto. It's it, what is it, what's difficult is paying every supplier in crypto. Um, there's actually Do you have suppliers you can pay with crypto. Oh yeah, business? oh yeah, lots wow, of them actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mostly even, in China, even uh, not in China, um, but um, U.S. suppliers oh. for sure, definitely lots wow. of them. Um, the um, but even like even for like a restaurant, you know, maybe you buy plastic forks, you can go on Amazon and pay with crypto for that. So yeah, that's true. It's not as hard as you think to spend that one percent that you might get. In crypto, you know, at I wouldn't recommend you spend suppliers. it though, because uh, you maybe not, probably want to hold on to it. More <laughs> coming up. Free Talk Live, the number here is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. We're talking about a pretty big uh, piece of news for the world of cryptocurrency, and that is that Russia is now saying, via the head of what they're calling the Russia State Duma Committee on Energy, Pavel Zvalny, who spoke at a hearing recently and said, not only will they be accepting, uh, apparently, gold, for mm-hmm. oil. And Russia has been buying up gold for a long time. That's true. They've been preparing for this. And not only could you pay gold for oil, but you can also pay with Bitcoin. And so that's a pretty big deal because it's the first time I've ever heard of anything like that where some you know oil dealer like that can uh, has publicly announced they're willing to take Bitcoin. But that's not all. Well, the only two times that I can remember oil dealers saying that th- that they would or even that they planned to accept something other than dollars for oil there were two people who have said that in recent memory one was Saddam Hussein the other was Muammar Gaddafi and then they common denominator they're both dead yeah um yeah you know what's actually <laughs> interesting is uh there was Venezuela with their supposed crypto, uh, the Petro that was backed by oil. Now, not <laughs> quite the same thing, mm-hmm. but it was. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah although that and, was a and disaster. That would yes, work it if it was somebody other than Venezuela putting it out. I mean, it it makes sense as a way to finance business if you're running a gold mine, for example. Okay, and you want people to invest in your gold mine. 
what the the best way to do it that I can think of in the absence of government regulations to the contrary would be to make a gold denominated um, cryptocurrency and sell it. So people basically pay in advance for the gold. And then once you dig the gold up in the ground, you redeem the cryptocurrency for gold, which is what the futures market was originally designed for. The way the futures market was supposed to work, now it's just used for speculation because it's detached from reality. But the way it was supposed to work is if you were a farmer, you would sell wheat futures for delivery at harvest time and you would sell it in the spring and then you would take that money in the spring and you would use it to buy your wheat field or your wheat seeds mm-hmm. to buy to pay your labor and do all that and then once the crop came in it was already sold and you yep. just delivered the crop to IOU exactly and and that's very important for financing things, but unfortunately, the futures market's completely corrupt. Mm. Um, at least in gold and silver, I haven't looked into it for you know getting physical delivery of pork bellies because I got no place to store physical pork bellies. <laughs> um, so uh, in in related news here, there was a headline that I saw a few days ago that now Russia is announcing that, quote unquote, unfriendly countries. So I presume that's any country that is sanctioning them or friendly to the sanctioning mm-hmm. countries uh, is now going to be required to pay for their gas exports in rubles only, mm-hmm. according to Putin. So they're trying to jack the price of the ruble back up by making the petro ruble. The president explained, according to RT, that Russia plans to abandon all compromised currencies, and he used the term compromised in this case, uh, in payment settlements. He added that illegitimate decisions by a number... He doesn't understand that that includes Bitcoin, BTC, but oh well. (laughs) Uh, He said that uh, illegitimate decisions by a number of Western countries freeze Russia's Russia's assets, destroyed all confidence... In their currencies, saying, quote, I have decided to implement in the shortest possible time a set of measures to change the payments for, yes, let's start with this, for our natural gas supplied to the so-called unfriendly countries in Russian rubles, that is, to stop using all compromised currencies for transactions. He said further, quote, it doesn't make sense to deliver our goods to the EU and the U.S. and get paid in dollars and euros. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a huge change. Good point. Huge change. Plus, you've also got the other news that we talked about where China, I believe, was talking with India about accepting... Was it China and India? Or was it Russia and India? Anyway, there was... uh, No, it was Saudi Arabia. China and Saudi Arabia, sorry, were talking about accepting payments in uh, the yuan instead of the petrodollar Mm. as well. So that hasn't happened yet. It's not a done deal. Which is super interesting because of the uh, relationship between Saudi Arabia and the United States. Which has been not so great recently. Uh, but it's, it's one-sided. I mean, apparently our government loves Saudi Arabia, but Saudi Arabia doesn't care a single bean about our government. <laughs> Note when Biden went to them hat in hand, will you please pump some more oil? Mm-hmm. And they said, nah, but send us, keep sending us weapons so we can continue our genocide. He would, I, if I recall correctly, they wouldn't even take his phone call. Yeah, right. that's yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Although the message was passed, the king would not take his his yeah. phone call. You know, which is pretty funny. It really is, especially <laughs> since we've been not only turning a blind eye to their genocide in Yemen, 
Yemen, and when I say we, I mean the American government, um, but but actively supporting it by selling them weapons. So now, after this announcement that unfriendly nations have to pay in the ruble, apparently the EU... Well, they're mad about it. According to RT.com, leaders from some European Union member states... Are they so mad that they can cry oil? (laughs) 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 They've claimed that, uh, according to this here, Moscow's demand for uh, that unfriendly countries pay rubles for Russian gas could reach, or rather breach, supply contracts... Reuters reported Wednesday, and didn't their freezing Russian assets also breach, breach contract. supply contracts? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't want to sound like I'm loving Russia because I have never been. I mean, the idea of having a head of state who's ex KGB is just as bad as having a head of state who's ex CIA. George oh, yeah. Bush, no doubt. Um, but the enemy of my enemy is. My Not friend. necessarily my friend, uh, but the th- in this case, the enemy of my enemy is not in a position to harm me. Mm. Well, my enemy is in a position to harm me and is actively harming me yes. every day. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I I don't know. I, I think it's uh, the possibility is there for him to harm you, but the reality I mean, is the there's already somebody harming you, and and they're already in the yeah, United States. It's called the, the U.S. government. The possibility right. is there. He could nuke. Um, I don't think that. I mean, Russia can barely invade the Ukraine. I don't think they'd have a chance in hell of invading the United States, where there would be, yeah, as as a Japanese general put it, a rifle behind every blade of grass. It's not likely that um, we have anything to fear of them invading. It's more like we have more of a fear of them as far as like nuking us and the world, basically. But that yeah. seems less like doesn't seem well. That they likely could to nuke us. Um, I don't think that's likely because I think that that is basically I think they would find themselves at war with the entire world, with the exception of China and North Korea. Yeah. If the, if they did that, the U.S. is good at fear mongering and making us scared of all the, our enemies. But I mean, what can they? They're really not do? so good at that with me. I the only well, the only exception, people they've made me well, afraid <laughs> of is them. Unfortunately, most of the population uh, they're good at fear mongering. Most of the population is idiots. The number, if you want to join us here, six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty six zero three two eight three six one six zero. We'll continue. It's free talk. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Free Talk Live, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Russia telling quote-unquote unfriendly countries that if they want to buy oil from Russia from this point on, they're going to have to pay in the ruble. 
Uh, the number again, 603-283-6160. It's Ian, nobody, and Chris in the studio here tonight. Also, they're willing to accept Bitcoin from, I'm not sure, it's not clear if it's the friendly countries from whom they're willing to accept Bitcoin or anyone. Uh, that That's not made clear by the statements from the state committee on or the State Duma Committee on Energy, which did say in a recent uh, conference that they will be accepting Bitcoin for oil and gas. But it th- they didn't say whether it was only from the friendly countries or only from the unfriendly countries. It would be nice if they'd included a list of who they consider friendly, friendly countries, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that China would be on the list. Maybe North Korea. Um, Venezuela. Venezuela. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. They're friendly Iran. with Venezuela. They're friendly with Cuba still, mm-hmm. I think. Although they're not sending money to Cuba since the Soviet Union fell, as far as I know. I suspect as any country that is not engaging in sanctions would be on the friendly list. Yeah. And any that are engaging in that would be on the unfriendly list. But if you want to learn... That's true. I'm guessing India would be on it because they uh, abstained from the UN vote. And that's right. And they themselves are being sanctioned. As a result, right? Yeah, which is which is insane. That's like schoolyard bully stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you still talk, uh, you know, if you don't help me fight this person, then you become an enemy. Yep. Yeah. Um, Definitely schoolyard Yard bully. You're either with us or you're against us. Bitcoin.com, by the way, is where you can go to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can learn the basics over at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started at the top of the page there, and you can get some introductory videos that will give you a a real understanding, uh, or at least a start of an understanding, of some of the things that you really ought to understand prior to getting into cryptocurrency. There's a little learning curve, and you can start taking that curve right now by going to bitcoin.com click get started at the top of the page you can also buy your first uh bitcoin or bitcoin cash or fraction of because again you don't have to buy a whole coin you can get a piece of it over at bitcoin.com they've got more than just bitcoin and bitcoin cash the last time i saw the site which was a while ago they had a, a large variety i was quite surprised at how many coins they had available there uh, plus you can also get the latest news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com So, again, just focusing here from the story from RT on the EU, they're now upset. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said Thursday that the currency that his country... Scholz. I know nothing. (laughs) I see nothing. (laughs) His country's uh, companies must pay for Russian fossil fuels is fixed in their contracts. Quote, there are fixed contracts everywhere with the currency in which the deliveries are being paid part uh to be paid being part of these contracts in most cases it says euros or dollars how said. are they going to pay in euros and dollars without using swift great well, question that's you know this is interesting i call that force majeure yeah they, they're changing the terms of the con they're changing the term the conditions effectively um but they haven't actually restricted uh swift i think they've only mostly restricted swift and they're excluding certain russian banks from swift yeah they're excluding that for oil payments oh really yeah how how convenient yes yes as i understand Uh, yeah well i mean i'm sorry but if i was putin and you said wait i i can use swift to accept money but not to spend it (laughs) right well then i can't use swift can i right (laughs) you know what am i going to do with money i can't spend indeed yeah (laughs) great question uh, so in this particular case, all right, fine. Let's say Russia has violated the contract. What are you going to do about it? Huh? You want their oil, don't you? <laughs> They're willing to accept payment even from the you know the quote unquote unfriendly countries here, but they want it in rubles. 
and if you don't want to buy oil from Russia, then go buy it from somewhere else, right? Like, what mm-hmm. are they going to do if you if Russia violated its contract and the international court says you violated your contract? Well, they're already basically punishing these people. So, mm-hmm. like, what what skin off their back is it going to be if somebody says some some judge says, "Yep, you violated the contract." What's that going to do mm-hmm. to them? It's like when uh, Andrew Jackson. Who uh, did some good things, but he was also responsible for the Trail of Tears, which was an atrocity. But uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the Trail of Tears was unconstitutional. Mm. And uh, Andrew Johnson's response was, well, tell tell the chief justice to raise an army and stop me. There you go. You know? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprised. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's another comment by the Italian prime minister who said exactly the same thing about it being a, a breach of contract. Well, tough, you know. What are you going to do about I mean, it? Th- that's the problem when you start playing these games, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be one upsmanship. Yeah, it's, it's that's yeah. all it is. It's they're playing games. Both sides are playing games. This is not, you know, <clears throat> it may have uh, not been right for Russia to invade, but then again, the U.S. has been, you know. Um, you know, NATO's been expanding. Yep, they've been expanding. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and it just keeps going back and forth, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, and and it's kind of like, the, it amazes me that people will rip somebody off and then expect them to keep their contract. I had an experience <laughs> yeah. where somebody ripped me off for some weed when I was in the weed business mm-hmm. and then came back later and tried to buy weed. Amazing. So I took his money and... And then I said, okay, now we're even. Right. <laughs> and he was like, well, aren't you going to give me what I bought? And I said, no. Don't you remember ripping me off? <laughs> what did he say? Uh, he didn't seem to remember it. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe <laughs> he was drunk at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, weed has never made me lose my memory. He was but probably high alcohol on something else. sure will. Yeah, something else um, for sure. The big things for memory are alcohol and roofies. <laughs> Oof. You know, I don't think even heroin makes you lose your memory. It just makes you pass out so you don't accumulate any memories. Uh, by the way, Russian gas accounts for 40 to 45% of Europe's total gas consumption. So this is a pretty yeah. big deal. Th- this is a buy. They really didn't think this out before they started with the sanctions, no. did they? This is a bi directional dependence. Uh, Russia needs. Europe and Europe needs Russia. Um, do they need re- Europe? What do they get from Europe? Um, money. Well, <laughs> Their economy okay. runs on uh, but money. But what do from, they really need the money for? They produce food and they produce energy. Yeah, they, sure. If you don't want any of the luxury of Manufactured goods of are somewhat limited, but... There's nothing to stop them from manufacturing if they have raw materials. They can trade with China, and China has pretty much all of the raw materials that you need or can get it easily from Africa. If you're going to manufacture something, you're not going to send it to Europe to be manufactured. Russia actually is is more of an exporter of raw materials and an importer of finished products. Mm -hmm. But again, what do you want from Europe? And that's the thing. What stops them from manufacturing themselves? 
themselves. They haven't built the plant because they haven't needed the plant. But if they have raw materials, they can use those same raw materials to, to build an industrial plant. base yeah, I mean, and then to build the stuff they so, need in the industrial base. I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, but there are definitely, uh, especially if you have sanctions against you, there are definitely some things that you cannot easily manufacture. There's parts that... Yeah, you, know, you gave the example of uh, some fancy German processor uh, chip making machines or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's not but like, exclusive to is that. is Germany going to cut off sales of those machines to China? And if not, what's to stop China well, from reselling them to the Soviet Union or yeah, to Russia? This is a good question. And the answer to that may be parts and service. So, you know, when you're getting into highly technical, uh, you know, machines that manufacture other machines, you know, those, there's probably parts and service contracts and all sorts of things. That It's not to say it's impossible, but it's kind of like, like, like take, take example, maintaining their the flight, right? They have the planes. Flight? No, no, airplanes. Oh, okay. Um, they have airplanes in Russia, right? A lot of them. But even their own domestically manufactured airplanes are dependent on parts sourced from other countries that are sanctioning them now. So maintaining those their own homegrown aircraft is a problem. But how many of those parts are really take something they can't produce to manufacture? To replicate, you mean? Um, right. And that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just they saying... They don't have to worry about copyright or patent anymore. That might be, but they still are going to have you know issues when it comes to interstate flight. More on the way here, the number 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. You can uh, dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Phones are open. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the point here of Free Talk Live. We also invite you online anytime you want to join us. Uh, there's our social media site at social.freetalklive.com. You can head over there and uh, interact not only with uh, other hosts of the show, but other Free Talk Live listeners. You will find that, uh, once again, over at social.freetalklive.com. Coming up, Chris, I know you wanted to talk about uh, maybe another country that might be making Bitcoin legal tender. And uh, it's St. Martin. (laughs) And I don't even know where. Is that a Caribbean Nation? Do we even know? I don't recall. I yeah. think it's an think island. It's, might be an uh, a British like overseas. Now I have to know. Could somebody Google that? or something? Maybe or I don't I, have a box with me. There is a Saint Martin uh, in the Caribbean, apparently. But is it the one with two A's? Because there's one with two A's too. And anyway, we'll have to figure this have out. No idea. There's more than one Saint Martin. Yeah, actually. Um, so that there's Saint Martin. Like... There, so there's Saint Martin, A A R T E N, of which the capital is Philipsburg, and then there's Saint Martin. Maybe it's the same place. I suspect it's. Different I spellings. suspect it's the same place with different spellings because there are places like that i mean back in the day if you read old english literature mm-hmm. they're not even consistent in the way they spell the same word throughout the same document it is the same same place okay I saint thought, martin so it's, I, uh, I strongly doubted there was more than one saint martin it's part of the kingdom of the netherlands apparently oh it's the netherlands interesting yeah wow i uh yeah I knew, it looks like i knew it's... they had some overseas territories but 
Looks like it's east of Haiti, apparently. East of hmm. uh, so that the, area. Wow. The, uh, the Netherlands still has colonies? I guess so. In the New World? That's apparently. kind of amazing. Uh, doesn't... I'm trying to think. Does, don't they own like Iceland or Greenland or one of them? Ooh, I, I don't, don't know offhand. think so. I or think I they settled... Of- uh iceland which the funny thing is ice iceland is is the green one and greenland is the icy yeah, one. yeah yeah um, <laughs> i remember learning that in school yeah dutch is the official language uh as well as well as english in saint martin uh, so well english is the official language in the united states but that doesn't make us a british colony anymore well true um, <laughs> <laughs> all right so what's the news about uh, saint martin do you have that handy yeah so uh i got a story from you today bitcoin cash could become legal tender in saint martin bitcoin cash bitcoin cash, bitcoin cash yes. could we say that again in unison we weren't quite synchronized <laughs> i know i actually just occurred to me that this was bitcoin cash when i read the headline wow. i think that was three of us that uh, makes a <laughs> lot more sense than bitcoin btc too. absolutely yeah definitely where's this story coming from st martin <laughs> you dot today that. there's only one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the, the the website though you dot today it's, it's you dot today okay. Do, today is the domain name so right. yeah it's the tld yeah wow top level domain yeah so st or st, i think it's i don't know if you pronounce I guess, i'm pretty sure you're supposed to pronounce it st martin but st martin yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm it was founded with people from Boston. Saint Martin, a con- <laughs> let's see, a con- constituent country of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, could make Bitcoin Cash the most prominent fork of Bitcoin. It's legal tender. Wow, somebody knew what they were doing in Saint Martin. Mm, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that much because it's not what most people would think of first, but it makes so much more sense than using BTCs with, with oh, its yeah. crazy fees. Yeah, definitely. Hey, that rhymes BTC it, with its, it's crazy fee. fee. It's way more <laughs> useful of a currency than Bitcoin is. No doubt. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 you know, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm not quite as I'm not quite as like critical of uh, Bitcoin as I think a lot of people are, but um. Certainly, uh, you ever make a uh, transaction with a fifty dollar fee? No, okay. um, I'm not that stupid. But uh, well, actually, no. I, I think it's I have. been a while it's since a while Bitcoin now. has had insane yeah, I mean, fees like that, but they're still way too high. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it happens anytime that Bitcoin bubbles up. It happened in 2017, mm-hmm. and it happened in uh, 2020. Whatever. I don't think maybe I've, they didn't go to fifty, but they went pretty high. Yeah, I don't think I've paid more than like a dollar probably in most of the transactions that I've made, as far as Bitcoin is concerned. In still, it's too much. A while. Uh, a I mean, Bitcoin while. Cash, for instance, or Dash, you're going to pay usually less than two cents or a cent's worth of right. Uh, and this is a, this is exactly why it makes a lot more sense, right? That Bitcoin Cash yeah. would be you adopted. can't you can't go. Uh, for instance, one of the problems with Bitcoin and its acceptance in uh, El Salvador. I've got a whole story about that, by the way. Maybe we'll get into it. Hmm. Uh, but one of the, the difficulties has been if you're a 70 year old guy selling churros or something like that on the street out of a cart, you can't afford a dollar fee when it comes to <laughs> no. uh, sending your Bitcoin hmm. out to be exchanged or whatever. That's the, and your customers well, can't afford it either. Not when the currency exchange rates are different so you might be selling your churros for the equivalent of a quarter us yeah you know 
that's not unusual in in a lot of less developed yeah. countries. Things aren't as expensive. No one is going to want to pay a dollar fee on a twenty five cent transaction. So the, nobody the, certainly isn't going to want to. <laughs> the Bitcoin uh, <laughs> transaction fees have killed microtransactions, which was originally one of the real benefits of using mm-hmm. Bitcoin. And it's also killed banking the unbanked, which yes. was another one of the right. big reasons for Bitcoin. B- BTC is. I'm sorry, I won't hold BTC. If somebody gives me BTC when and if I'm able to accept crypto again, mm. I will immediately turn it into something else. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, if you want to make small transactions, I would definitely not recommend you know Bitcoin Cash. Um, it is interesting. You would not recommend I'm sorry, BTC. Bitcoin. Yeah, I would not recommend Bitcoin. I would recommend Bitcoin Cash. Um but um yeah it, it, it's still I, I don't necessarily I, I'm not going to go and say it's, it's not useful at all but I will say that it's certainly less useful for especially smaller transactions yeah. so it's 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 useful for doing very large transactions between whales mm-hmm. but the problem is that's not where the value of a currency comes yeah, from yeah I mean you don't, you don't have to be a whale though to to pay a, you know 50 cents or a dollar or whatever on a a $500 transaction. You order. do have to be someone in the United States or in the Western world, though. If you're in Africa and you're making $2 a day, that's not even an option for you. Yeah, that's certainly mm-hmm. a true statement. Yeah. It definitely doesn't work for people outside of you know the West. And that's world. what Satoshi Nakamoto was trying to do. One of the things that mm-hmm. he or she, whoever that person is that made Bitcoin, was trying to make a form of value transfer that could be accessed by anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many people who are poor on the planet... Having high transaction fees cuts all of them out from that uh, that equation, and that's tragic. And yeah. he had to have known that the block size would have to grow. Yeah. eventually, no, this was, he this was, was putting something... out proof of current proof of concept software. So you don't necessarily make your proof of content of concept scale. Mm-hmm. You just make it so that you can make it scale when you need to. This was, wasn't this in the original white paper um, the, that it did not have a block size it, yeah, originally Bitcoin yeah. when it was released did not but they I, added that at he some, added it later at some point I'm she, pretty sure that there was like before it was released or something like that or maybe in the early days this was like a topic of conversation was yeah. like the block size and how yeah. it doesn't scale and, and so there were things that needed to be worked out still it hadn't been decided on mm-hmm. um, that's right so and what people don't understand is what Bitcoin is really backed by. And Bitcoin is really backed by the service of recording and maintaining the record of transactions. Mm-hmm. And that that service um, becomes more and more expensive. And when it becomes expensive, it's not worth using it when other people can provide the same service cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair statement. So what, what about St. Martin? What's going on there? So uh, let's see here. Ro- Rolando Prison, the head of the United People's Party, says he has already started exploring such a bill. Bitcoin and non-fungible tokens would be would also be exempt from capital gains, according okay. to Prin- Princeton. NFTs? God. <laughs> I, I don't see the point of NFTs. I don't know anyone who sees the point of NFTs. It's, I, it's like they're a psyop or something. It, I just It's just a fad. It's the latest yeah. fad. Remember the crypto kitties thing like from four years beady, ago? Or beady beady it yeah, it was an Ethereum token. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's just now they can make anything in an NFT. Nobody was basically. selling crypto kitties for a quarter of a million dollars, though. 
I don't know. I Maybe wasn't paying were. attention to uh, what those were going for. But it was a huge fad that came up and kind of went away. And, yeah. and NFTs, I suspect, are going to be the same kind of... You know, they've definitely blown up bigger than cryptocurrencies. Because yeah. now every company, every corporation is jumping on the NFT bandwagon. Are they? More. A lot of them are. Yeah, it's, it's, it's blown up big time. Uh, we got more on the way, though, about what's happening in St. Martin. Or what might be happening, because it's just a bill right now. But it's a thought. Free talk <laughs> Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can dial in here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. And phones are open for you at 603-283-6160. Is the island of St. Martin going to become the crypto capital of the Caribbean? That is what one of the politicians there, the leader, apparently, of the United People's Party had to say recently the name of the party sure doesn't sound auspicious and i don't know if uh if this is in your story chris because i've got one here from news.bitcoin.com but apparently this guy is taking his entire salary in bitcoin cash interesting did you know that Hmm. i have not got that far through the story so i don't know we're going to get into this further and find out what the plan is here what the plan might be because this isn't a done deal i guess this guy's just talking at this point but he is working on some kind of piece of legislation that may actually legalize bitcoin cash uh as far as like legal tender is concerned in saint martin which for those that are unfamiliar with saint martin as as i was uh, it is located just to the northwest of St. Kitts and Nevis, which is interesting because Roger Veer, longtime supporter of Free Talk Live and the the man behind Bitcoin.com, he lives most of the year in St. Kitts and Nevis. Oh, so interesting. I wonder if he's been making trips up to uh, St. Martin because I know he's done a lot for making like helping local businesses in St. Kitts and Nevis accept Bitcoin cash. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's expanding his range out to nearby islands or if just some somebody else did. I, I, I'm interested in hearing the history behind this, like what what got this started in St. Martin, mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing. It's also east of the U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, Puerto Rico, so that's where this is is located. Uh, so, in studio, the other today- thing that would be fascinating would be if some of the countries that use dollars as their primary currency defected from dollars to some kind of crypto because it makes more sense. That's what El Salvador did when yeah. they began accepting uh, Bitcoin as legal tender. Oh, they have a dollar economy. 
They Interesting. Do. Yeah, they so, did. Well, they still do. Now uh, they have a dual account. Correct. Which was an, it's a really interesting move what they did there. And we can get into El Salvador here in just a moment. Uh, but uh, it is Ian Nobody and Chris in the studio. First, we go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Sarah. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, oh, am I? I always have to get off the. Am I on the. You're fine. Phone? You sound loud and clear. Go I, ahead. Yeah, I just want to say that. It turns out Albuquerque, New Mexico, is like the top, the worst place again for allergies. Yeah. So for what the, allergies? The very, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, allergies. I'm I'm talking about anything non-political today. It's an allergy season right now. So we the desert climate is so dry. Everything's so dusty, and it's windy most of the time. So the pollens are just crazy. So we got juniper, um, cottonwood, mulberry, and I don't know how many other uh, Have you considered moving to, say, North Korea to get away from (laughs) all of the allergies there? Well, it's okay. This is a pretty democratic, very... This is a very um, almost communist-like state. We're yeah, I've heard that it's college. really bad there in New Mexico. We actually had a guy on the show last night, Laser, who uh, is the brother of Alu Axelman. They were both on with us, uh, with me last night on the program, and he had spent some time there in New Mexico, and he had just nothing good to say about the place at all. Just absolutely terrible. I mean, it's not, it's not really like communism in New Mexico because nobody's starving to death there. Yeah, probably true. But we, but you know what? We, we just have a implemented a communist program. We're going to have free education, free college. Our governor signed it. And we still you do have know there's the no universal. such thing as a free lunch, right? Like you can't get free education. The money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, but the students, I don't think they have to pay. They have to maintain so who a, is a paying? fee average. People who don't go to you, school. You understand yeah. that those students are eventually going to be paying it back through increased taxes, right? Well, that's communist. Well, not if they, not if they get their education and leave Well, if they're the smart state. and they leave, they probably won't be. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately it's going to put them into poverty later on after they get that education. Mm. Well, but the thing is that our state, believe it or not, it didn't make the news, but our governors that were the only state that started this, I'm really proud of that. This is a very blue, socialist, democratic state. I so hope I more that- of our socialists move down to New Mexico from New uh, from New Hampshire. I think that they should go down there. It's nice and warm, uh, and there's plenty of commies like Sarah down there. You guys will feel great if you're uh, if you're a socialist in New Hampshire. Head on down. You don't have to stop in Massachusetts. You can go all the way. I and there's great weather down there. That, exactly. I think, is a great idea, Ian. Yeah, thanks for the call, Sarah. Appreciate it. Uh, the number is 603 <laughs> But don't go to St. Martin if you're a socialist, because it sounds like they've got a good thing going on there uh, with a relatively free uh, economy if they're going to actually start encouraging people to use Bitcoin cash in uh, transactions. Now, actually, according to the story I've got here, Chris, over at uh, news.bitcoin.com, they link to the bitcoin.com map. And so there's a few of these like crypto maps out there. The, the oldest one that I am aware of is called CoinMap. It's coinmap.org. Right. And uh, that's a good one. It's been around for a long time. It's also highly out of date because it's been around for so long. So it's one of those mm-hmm. things where 
somebody will add their business to the map in 2014 and then they'll go out of business of course they won't ever remove their business from the map so if you ever audit a city you'll find there's a lot of stuff that's not even there anymore see if you're doing a business like that you should really require renewals yeah every year or something like that actually who who was it that was it was uh, Liberty Liberty Menu was doing renewal requirements, which was I thought was a really smart move. Yeah, their, it makes sense. Part. Um, but uh, but Bitcoin.com has their own map. It's map.bitcoin.com. Now, with Bitcoin.com's map, they're only showing places that accept Bitcoin Cash. So if there's somebody that accepts Dash or Bitcoin BTC, that's not going to show per se on this uh, on this map. But apparently, St. Martin's being right next door to St. Kitts and Nevis both of those islands, I guess well, St. Kitts and Nevis are two islands, but St. Martin's has around 120 plus locations, about 128, and St. Mar- uh, Kitts and Nevis also about 128. So there's hundreds of places. Like, Keene is getting its ass kicked at this point uh, <laughs> compared to these other locations. Uh, it's incredible. If, if, in fact, those locations are not, like, you know, kind of faked as far as crypto acceptance goes because well i mean i recall a time when you were in arizona no not arizona um texas mm-hmm. and you you couldn't find any even though there was plenty of places on the map to get food and things you couldn't find any place that actually would sell you food for crypto well true but i was using coin map uh at that time and that was a few years ago yep mm-hmm. So I, I suspect that if Roger Veer is behind this and whoever his friends are down there, they're probably doing a pretty good job of you know making sure. I would hope that they're not just recruiting a business and then never coming back to it because that is a for sure way yeah, to make, that's a, exactly what I'm talking make it about. stale. Yeah, it's a good question. It would be interesting for somebody to go down there and audit the, audit the island and yep. actually like take a week. Like if you're going to go down to St. Kitts or, or Nevis or uh, St. Martin's, spend a good week or two there and just start going across the whole island and just make a make a you know experience out of it i want to go to every single place that takes bitcoin cash and see if i can actually spend bitcoin cash see if they number one actually accept it number two if the employee actually knows how to do it because that's another important thing right (laughs) like the boss may have agreed to take it but have they told their employees these are things we've come across here in uh, in Keene, new hampshire it's not always they're not really johnny on the spot in a lot of cases in of like educating new employees on how to take crypto definitely not it's not been too bad here because we're really good about i mean there's actually people spending crypto here yeah um but uh, yeah it's it's every once in a while you'll run into somebody new at least who hasn't yet been shown how to take it and usually they're pretty new so so coming up here we're going to get deeper into the story from uh saint martin about are they going to become the crypto capital of the caribbean by making some sort of official move towards having bitcoin cash be a legal tender at least that's the impression i'm getting from this we're going to find out more about the story uh coming up here the number is 603-283-6160 if you've actually been down to these places uh would love to hear from you i heard saw something on social media that one of the guys who uh has been investigating el salvador he's been down there and you know he wanted to test it out right and found out there was a lot of bs a lot of stuff that wasn't what it seemed in el salvador i think he might have made the trip to the island so i'm gonna see if i can pull up his account because he uh he's been paying attention to this and apparently the bitcoin maximalists are pissed about this (laughs) potential legalization of bitcoin cash Uh, So we'll dig into this more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Poor monopolists. It's Free Talk. 
Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Chris on the show with you tonight. And we're talking about a very interesting development uh, in the world of cryptocurrency. And that is that there's an island called St. Martin in the Caribbean that is now looking to possibly be the crypto capital of the Caribbean. And they might even be the crypto capital of the world. I mean, I haven't done the math yet to see if Keene, New Hampshire is beating uh, St. Martin as far as because we've, you know, we've for a long time claimed that Keene is one of the top. I've never I've never said the about top. the world, but of the United States. In the United States, Keene may still be the top. Yeah, that's there's a good chance of that. Um, but uh, but on the world scene, we're we're definitely oof, careful there. Uh, we're definitely one of the uh, the biggest as far as per capita acceptance of uh, businesses accepting cryptocurrency. But Saint Martin is killing it apparently with over 120 locations, according to Map.Bitcoin.com, that are taking crypto. And I did find uh, Mark Falzon. It's um, his name is spelled M A R C. F-A-L-Z-O-N. He's the guy who called our show a few months ago to report on what his experience was in El Salvador and finding out that there's some real problems with their Bitcoin legal tender rollout situation there. Um, And he also went to St. Martin and he's actually made a 24 minute documentary about how this happened. And so I'm I'm interested in seeing more about this. We're going to learn more about it and maybe we'll share some of this audio with you here if if it's uh, if it's appropriate. But let's dig in further Chris to the story that you brought in tonight. This is from uh, I forget what the website was, but it's being reported in a few different places. I th- I think news.bitcoin.com probably has it. Yeah, as something well. like websites today. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's see, a much-needed adoption boost. Bitcoin Cash, which was once the biggest cryptocurrency, one of the biggest cryptocurrencies by market cap, slowly slipped into irrelevance during the 2021 bull run, failing to gain any traction to catch up with the old timers. It never really it never really took off in the first place, at least not, I mean, it took off, but it didn't. Bitcoin Cash has been in the top five. Yeah, but it, it, by, it by comparison now- to Bitcoin, it was never like... It, it didn't sit side by side with it as far as market cap. Uh, well, there actually was a one time, and it wasn't quite side by side, but shortly after Bitcoin Cash came out, I believe it shot up to around 40-something percent of a Bitcoin. Was it that high at one point? It, not for very long. And okay. then it, now it's less than 1% of a Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of what I figured. Uh, it's the, currently at number 25 on the market cap ranking, so it slid quite a ways down. Yeah, I believe it. The price of Bitcoin Cash has gone up 20% over the past week, outperforming every major altcoin, save for Avalanche. The controversial Bitcoin fork is down a staggering 91% from its record peak of $3,785, which was recorded all the way back in December of 2017. It is currently... I don't think that peak was was really reached if i recall correctly that was reported due to a glitch at coinbase no i suspect that was real because there was one time when uh, it was the 2017 run-up when everything Mm -hmm. was was running up on in 2017 dash hit like 1500 dollars, and now dash is like a tenth of that and now bitcoin cash is like a tenth there was a glitch 
somewhere about one crypto at one point, although I don't know there, if it was Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a Bitcoin Cash glitch on Coinbase when they first started trading in it. It was the first day they rolled it out, and it spiked up to something crazy. And then they were like, oh, yeah, that was just a glitch, and it went back down. So it's currently changing hands at $338 on spot exchanges. So... Yeah, um, so basically uh, Ethereum co-founder is basically attacking it and admitted that Bitcoin Cash was mostly a failure after calling it a legitimate contender for the Bitcoin name back in 2017. Yeah, you know what's interesting is um, I don't think you can call it a failure necessarily just because it didn't do as well as people uh is it being used because if it's being right, used then right. it's not a failure and, and that's the right? thing i think people have this idea that market cap is what matters and no. market cap doesn't really matter that much it's it's whether or not it's useful mm. to the people who, who possess it right Especially if it's useful when to you're... conduct transactions then it then mm. then it's it's then, useful yeah right it's gonna stick around and that's true especially when you're thinking about buying a new um a new currency because you know market cap is the current price times a constant so mm-hmm. and that constant is the 21 million uh coins that will eventually be released for all of the bitcoin clones um it's times whatever the, uh, the whatever the percentage is, is 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 actually actually out but you know if you're you know, if you're buying Bitcoin cash at, at a given price and or buying Bitcoin at a much higher price and they're headed to the same place, which I think eventually they will be headed to the same place in terms of of uh, market cash cap, you're going to make a lot more money off Bitcoin cash. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just a question of when you get that. what I what I look at is to see whether or not something's been successful is has a cryptocurrency. Can I spend it? Are people asking to pay me in it? Things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are certain cryptocurrencies that that's definitely the case with like Monero and Bitcoin Cash and a little bit of Dash and and Bitcoin. Just a dash of Dash. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of these other cryptocurrencies, I'll have somebody ask once in a while for something obscure. But most of them are very, very rare that somebody wants to pay in. Well, most of the rest of them are almost all completely speculative and just yeah, technology right. related uh mm-hmm. if you look at the top 25 on coin market cap you know there's a lot of these things that are not being used no, almost all of them are not being used in commerce in any sort of significant manner some of them are re- being used in programming some of them are used being used in speculation and that's about it and there's a few of them that are uh, stable coins yeah you know, mm-hmm. so what else is there more to this story, or is this that, just a, a quick blurb it. about this guy's going to put a bill forward to? Yeah, I, make we this a thing? we covered it between what you have already covered in the other story and this one, so there wasn't a whole lot. Um, it is interesting, though. I think uh, that you know St. Martin uh, may be getting a bill here, and I don't know if it's going to pass, but it sounds like there is there is there is some amount of adoption in St. Martin. For uh, Bitcoin Cash already. Well, so. I'm I'm definitely now following this particular politician on social media, Rolando Bryson on Twitter, and uh, we're just going to keep an eye on this for sure. What's the population of St. Martin? That's ex- an excellent question. I have not looked at that uh, at the moment, but if one of y'all wants to look it up, uh, feel free. Uh, there's a little bit here at news.bitcoin.com that I'll share about this, and this is a statement from... Uh, Bryson, the guy that we're talking about here, this is the leader of the United People's Party in St. Martin, quote, today I become 
the first official in the world, the first elected official in the world to have his entire salary paid in Bitcoin cash as our country moves more and more to making use of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Thanks, Roger Veer, for the guidance in making St. Martin the crypto capital of the Caribbean. So, yes, nice. it is Roger Veer who, uh, who is behind this. But, I, you know, I have to wonder... I, I would hope that Roger Veer has more than just Roger Veer on the ground in uh, in St. Martin, right? Like, you got to have more than one guy going around spending yeah. crypto. 76,000 yeah. people. Even uh, Jesus had is, 12 disciples. Yeah. 76,000 people is <laughs> roughly the population of St. Martin. Okay, so. so they are doing better than Keen because uh, well, Keen's got Keen's about 23,000. 23, so. uh, right, and we've only got about 20 uh, you know, businesses on our on our on our sheet and they've got over a hundred and something well so that's, that's more per that's capita like there. brick and mortar businesses that's what we're talking about here okay we're coming up here yeah. uh, 603-283-6160 join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 27th through july 3rd for the sixth annual fork fest at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire Forkfest is a fork of the porcupine freedom festival which sold out for the first time in 2021 Forkfest takes place the week after Porkfest, but Forkfest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.party. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. I gotta say, I'm pretty excited about this, uh, this little race between certain areas of the planet to become the most cryptocurrency friendly, the most crypto accepting places uh, in the world. I think this is a good. Uh, set of competition to be having. Of course, we've got uh, New Hampshire, which is definitely uh, definitely outstanding. Keene, New Hampshire, and Portsmouth are kind of the the two king and queen capital cities, if you will, of uh, of the Shire. New Hampshire, New Hampshire as a whole is pretty amazing. It's kind of weak outside of Keene and Portsmouth, uh, if you look at the coin map. But. I will give you that in terms of brick-and-mortar businesses, but as far as, at least amongst those who I interact with, it's Well, amongst the free staters, yeah. yeah. I mean, almost yeah. everyone's going to take cryptocurrency. So, yeah, if you've got a free stater who's cutting your lawn <laughs> or something like that, there's a good chance they're going to take yeah. uh, take crypto. So there is that. There's an amazing community of, yes. of crypto people here. But there's nothing that can really substitute for having local businesses with a sign on the door, with a you know, sticker on the door that says Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Dash accepted here, or all three of them uh, accepted I, here. I definitely think you need a combination of you know people cutting your grass, taking it, as well as yeah. brick and mortar. Because it all is mm-hmm. important to yeah. the, uh, the crypto economy. And so 
that's something we've got here that I do, and I want to know more about what's going on in St. Martin. So I did send an email out to Roger Beer. Wow, that uh, was fast. <laughs> well, I, I know his email. Uh, and, uh, and you know, he gets a lot of emails, but he'll probably get back to me at some point, inviting him on the show, since his name was mentioned here as one of the, the prime movers behind this St. Martin's, which one of y'all checked the population was, what, 70-something, 70 76,000 people was, yeah. in St. Martin's? Wow. Uh, so pretty small population. Tiny, tiny, tiny. I imagine they get a lot more in visitors it's over you know, over a year. About the size of Cheshire County, so right. the county that we're in in Keene. Right. Hmm. Uh, and so they're focused on Bitcoin Cash, which is great. There's no doubt about it. I got to say, I like multi-crypto as, uh, as an option. I like that when you go into a business in downtown Keene, you can pay with Bitcoin if you want. You can pay with Dash. You can pay with uh, Bitcoin Cash. Although I hear that there's some technical difficulties with AnyPay these days. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunately. A, it's not entirely down. It's actually up. It's just that if you're using the Edge wallet and you've updated to the latest release, mm-hmm. it's not working. But good news is that it is going. There's a new version coming out of Edge Wallet, and a okay. patch has been accepted. Okay, so, uh, so it it's should only be resolved shortly. And okay. you can always downgrade Edge Wallet. Or um, you can switch to like Bitcoin Cash, a Bitcoin.com, uh, which is a Bitcoin Cash wallet as well, or some other wallet that that supports the pay protocol and still it, pay with any pay. It's definitely true that having a singular or, crypto makes things simple, right? Because then you only take Bitcoin Cash. That's the end of the story. Uh, but it is nice to give people options and nice to to allow the customer to choose. Uh, what they want to pay with, so it'd be nice to see that happening down there. But that again, I can't, I can't knock what they're doing. They're doing amazing work down there. If they've got over a hundred and twenty businesses on just this one little island taking uh, Bitcoin Cash point of sale, it's yeah, incredible. I would not be complaining. No, it's an inc- incredible <laughs> success story. In fact, I wonder if that makes them the number one spot in the world. I remember there was somewhere they got a hundred Europe- businesses with. You know, only seventy six thousand people. Yeah, that's got to be. They have to be I number mean, one. That's more than one yeah. business for every thousand people. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty amazing. That's yeah. there that's was actually too. That's actually kind of hard to believe. There's there was a place in Europe, and I forget where it was, but the Ledger people that came here to do the story on the Crypto Six. Yeah. If you go to the Ledger channel on YouTube and you look prior to the Crypto 6 episode, I think the Crypto 6 Ledger piece is up on the Crypto6.com, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, For the Crypto 6, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if you click into that and then you go into their channel and you look previously, there's one for this Bitcoin Cash city basically in Europe. And I don't remember where uh, where it was, but they did a piece on that. Or maybe it was Bitcoin. Anyway, one of those... There was a pretty big, but the city itself was fairly large, so yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not even coming. I, like I was impressed with the number that they had, um, and they're probably the top place in Europe. But I don't think anything's beating Saint Saint Martin and Saint Kitts right now. It's just hmm. amazing. So a little bit more here uh, about this from news.bitcoin.com. Again, they're interviewing the very first. He claims to be the very first elected official to accept his entire paycheck in cryptocurrency. And some people may be quibbling with us. Oh, what about the New York City mayor? No. He's only taking half of it, isn't he? The New York City mayor said he would only take his first few paychecks. Right. And then I guess he's going back to dollars. Yeah. So this guy's saying he's getting paid his entire salary in Bitcoin cash. Uh, during the announcement that he has made, as he's intending to make uh, this some sort of legislation to uh, make it a legal tender, 
So, so during a conference last year, St. Martin's finance minister said crypto and blockchain adoption was a priority area to research. Bryson remarked that he appreciated the finance minister's ideas of moving toward innovation. The UP party leaders said that the next important step was to introduce cryptocurrency and blockchain legislation. Quote, while we need to improve our legacy forms of commercial banking by means of my proposed consumer banking legislation, we simultaneously need to create legislation to make cryptocurrency transactions even more effective and worthwhile in St. Martin, he explained. Now, I hope they don't go down the same road as El Salvador. And yeah. And and here's what they did in El Salvador that was a huge mistake. They put in a mandate in their legal tender mm. law. Now, the president of the country kind of backed up, he backpedaled on this publicly, uh the president of El Salvador and he made statements saying, "Oh, no, 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 it's not going to be mandated." But the law itself has it in there. It's part of the the actual wording of the statute. Yeah. And so just because the current president may not be enforcing that mandate doesn't mean the next one won't. Uh, mm. So I think that's a really bad thing, number one. It leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when, when they hear that. Um, and then the other really bad thing was the government made a wallet. Yeah. Wow. And you know what happens when governments try technology-related things, right? Yeah, you get the uh, Obamacare website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get garbage. Yeah. You get a broken piece of garbage that even though the government gang themselves, they weren't the programmers, obviously. They hired a company to do that programming. It was still a disaster from top to bottom, including the fact that, and this was according to Mark Falzon, who uh, is also now reporting on St. Martin, but he's the guy that called us about El Salvador. You couldn't do transactions for less than $5 on the government Bitcoin app. <laughs> really? Which basically means most transactions probably can't happen. Can't happen. Yeah. Right. Again, how are you going to buy a, you know, a taco or whatever on the streets for a buck with Bitcoin if the official government app won't let you do it at all? Like, you can't <laughs> even try to pay for less than uh, $5 wow. on that app. Why would they do that? I, I don't know. Maybe because the fees are just so shockingly high at such a you know at those low levels or whatever. Wow. And, and I, I didn't even think it was actually holding it in Bitcoin though. Like, wasn't it basically just a you could spend it, but and then it would get converted to Bitcoin? Sort no, of. No, no, it's a Bitcoin app, but it's a custodial app. So right, that's another which problem means that it. there's not actual oh, transactions. God. You're not actually making a. A, it's uh, not a real Bitcoin transaction. Yeah, you're not making yeah. a real Bitcoin transaction every time you spe- spend some of your supposed Bitcoin. Not from the government wallet. in Bitcoin because yeah. the, the government doesn't have to, uh, you know, the custodial, uh, the company that or whoever is running it doesn't yeah. actually have to make a transaction in Bitcoin. Correct. In to, yeah, it's, wow. it's the illusion of Bitcoin rather right. than, than real Bitcoin. So it's been a real mess and it's actually created a, a sort of a protest movement. There's actually a, people who are now anti-Bitcoin simply because mm. the government has been shoving it down people's throats in El Salvador. So I hope and I and mm. given that Roger Veer is has bent the ear of this guy and Roger is an actual principled voluntarist, you know, liberty-loving anarchist kind of character, I suspect he is going to warn them against this. I suspect. I hope so. That uh, this this could go if this goes in the right direction, St. Martin's will be primed to absolutely be the cryptocurrency capital, not just of the Caribbean as they're saying, but of the planet. And that's pretty exciting. So we'll continue here, and you can share your thoughts. We'll get into El Salvador, uh, because there's a really interesting kind of 
half-year retrospective. It's, they started this back in September, having Bitcoin be the official uh, legal tender, or one of two, because there's the dollar and there's Bitcoin. And well, how's that gone? We'll look at it coming up here in moments. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So we're going to talk more about the acceptance of cryptocurrency going global with multiple countries now looking at accepting or having a legal tender law include Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. There was a story earlier this week uh, about Honduras talking about this. Then the central bank came out and said, no, no, we're not doing that. But apparently the president of the country was saying nice things about cryptocurrency. So it's not really clear what, if anything's happening in Honduras. Of course, they're right next door uh, to El Salvador. So all in that kind of same uh, same area. And then you've got St. Martin, which is arguably the number one uh, place on the planet for local businesses accepting cryptocurrency. You definitely want to learn more about that and how it happened. Uh, I was just watching a video from Mark Falzon, M-A-R-C-F-A-L-Z-O-N, on his YouTube channel. A uh, 24-minute long documentary. I've not watched the whole thing yet, but Roger Veer has uh, made an appearance in this video and so he's definitely you know highly involved there and there uh, seems to be at least a handful of doers that are on the ground there that are helping these business owners and helping people on board into taking cryptocurrency they've even got a bit uh billboard in i presume the capital city there's uh, an animated you know uh billboard with uh, promoting bitcoin cash which is which is pretty awesome so we're going to learn more about this as time goes on but first we go to major pain you're on the line in Michigan with Ian, Nobody, and Chris. Hey, Nobody, Ian, Chris. How y'all hey. doing tonight? Major, what's on your mind? Well, I'm going to go on a pissing rant about the unions. No, oh, okay. Because the government and the teachers' union have become the biggest unions in the country. But they were, they're hiding behind bloody cloaks that they have not earned. The unions were earned in the 30s by the auto industry and the steel workers on strike getting their heads split by railroad bulls and such. I mean, there's there, there there's blood and guts put into making the union. And it was in a time where the poor man, you know, the, the little guy just wasn't getting his fair shake. But now these, uh, all these government jamokes and these teachers, they're hiding behind a bloody cloak that they have not earned. And it really peels me. Hmm. Okay. So well, would you feel you better think? if somebody went in, went out and beat up some teachers? <laughs> no, no, dude. That's, well, I, there's probably some teachers that need a little tune-up, but, uh, you know, that's that that's not my forte. They should not be able to be unionized, is, would be my point. They should not have protection. I agree. There should be no government uh, unions. Yeah, I agree there. Not doing their job. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the best solution is it, I'm not against unions per se, but I am Neither certainly am I. against the government's uh, interfering with the free market, and that's how that's basically how the unions work right now. Um, what we should do is we should dissolve the public school systems, dissolve the government school systems, and let the free market take care of uh, you know 
reduce the costs of education um, and, you know, improve the quality and so forth. And and the people who want the best education will end up getting the best education because they'll compete for, you know, the best schools. Yeah, these government unions, uh, government workers unions are the worst of the worst because we're all forced to pay for them and they get themselves so, you know, embedded into the system. It's almost impossible to undo it once uh, once the government union, you know, has been created. They're just so in charge and so Mm -hmm. in control. Whereas if you don't like what a union at Starbucks is doing or wherever, you can just not shop there. But with the state... You are forced to use their, you know, to at the very least pay for their services. And, and the humorous thing is, the unions have actually run themselves out of business in in many cases by increasing the costs of the business, uh, and thus, you know, basically com- companies shutting down operations in the United States and going overseas mm-hmm. elsewhere where it's cheaper. Yeah, that well, wasn't that long ago. About every five miles or so, there was a little schoolhouse that the kids could actually make it to. Not in my lifetime, you know, but high water, and and, and there the was but the thing is there was a there was a local school marm that was accountable to the community. Right? What are you going to say there? Nobody about had, the unions? we had oversight. I don't remember. Uh, Major, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number is 603-283-6160. Yeah, you're not going to get oversight uh, of the government system. It's 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 completely out of control. Even the local school boards are almost impossible to rein in. Although. There was a, a headline recently. I don't know if y'all heard about it. Croydon, New Hampshire. Uh, one of the free staters there, Ian Underwood, had made a proposal. He's one of the guys uh, that's uh, the founders of Bardo Farm, which is oh yeah, they take cryptocurrency uh, and goldbacks, I believe, over at, at Bardo Farm. But uh, he made a proposal to cut the school budget in half, and it passed. Wait, how? How did he get the? I'm sorry, but I I want to know what 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 are they doing? I'm speechless. What 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 are you confused how, about? How how is that even possible? Well, he made a proposal through the uh, the process, which requires usually I think 25 signatures uh, in order to get a thing on the I mean, the town ballot. We can't even get something on the town ballot in Keene, let alone to pass. Well, Keene's well, a city. Yeah, Keene Keen and Croydon are different. I understand. Croydon that. is a town, which means that it's ruled by town meeting. Which is very different from right, the process a city, is which is more professionalized. And uh, that said, the Keene School Board is more of a town system, and so you can make proposals to the Keene School Board in the same way. So Conan, our Tuesday night yeah. co-host here, has done this in Keene yep. uh, in in previous years. He hasn't done it in a few years, but back in the old days, we used to actually go to the the Keene School Board meetings. Been to a couple of them. yeah. And so you saw what they did to Conan's yeah. proposals. They right. gutted them. Which they is took exactly what I'm talking and about. Them. And I know that wasn't the first. I've seen him do it a couple times, I think. And it wasn't the, and it wasn't the first time like that he's done that. He's tried a couple of times prior to me even. Well, Keen ain't Croydon. I mean, Croydon is a completely different place. Wow. Uh, Croydon, Croydon was one of the first places, I think, where they started doing like vouchers or, or whatever. So Ian was able to create mm-hmm. a flyer using some statistics or whatever yep. and, and showed the insane level of spending of the government schools and how the test scores were just completely yeah. flat. So he made a nice little visual and he, he handed those flyers out to every single person that came to the, the school board meeting <laughs> and they voted for his thing. Now, I want to know, how wow. is the school going to respond? 
respond? Like, how are they going to deal with that? Right? Like, if your budget's cut in half, presumably you don't have the money to pay the teachers and fire them. So, are the are the numbers going to go up? Like the the student uh, Who ratio? Knows? I, well, actually, just, apparently the numbers are down as far as like the numbers of students at the school because mm-hmm. people are taking <laughs> their kids out of government school and homeschooling right, them. Right, right. Does it affect the voucher system? I mean. Um, is is that the idea that that the govern that the government school has less budget? So take your voucher and put your kid in private school. It's an interesting question. There is something that the state got through. I think it was in twenty twenty one, fairly recently, called the education savings accounts, mm-hmm. and this allows, as I understand it, I have a rudimentary understanding of it. I don't, I don't have kids, yeah. right? So I've just heard some discussions about it, uh, but it allows parents to opt into this educational savings account thing and then they get like four or five thousand bucks in a check basically from the, the state or some sort of payment I, from the state that they can then use is, to buy uh either a private school yeah. scholarship or they can buy homeschooling materials my understanding is that that comes from the school like district that pays for the schools right you know, it so, comes from the state I, yeah but i isn't it something like it goes to the state but it's managed by the state but it's it's paid for by the school district i don't know about that I'm not sure. I thought that that's works. how it was, and I, I I'm probably I'm just hearing this is just what I'm hearing too. So my member could be faulty, or I could have been told it wrong yeah. too. So unfortunately, we're speculating here because none of us I, have I, kids. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I know that if you can, if you want, you can learn more about the New Hampshire educational savings accounts. They got a really nice website that goes over it and explains everything. The Democrats tried to shut this program down, by the way, uh, a couple weeks ago with legislation, and that failed. Ooh, so good. the program is ongoing, and they have maxed out. By the way, they they filled up the total amount of budget that they'd had for this educational savings account so there's a huge demand uh for parents to get their kids out of government school which is pretty awesome nice yeah so anyway i, I don't even know why we brought that what 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 led us to even talk about the, the school budgets in the first <laughs> place but uh i do not know but that happened so kudos to the activists here in new hampshire for again it was one activist uh that made that happen that's in a, amazing in a small town he convinced his neighbors that cutting the school budget by half was a good plan Mm-hmm. So it can be done. I, I, you know, it's it's crazy because like I remember in New Jersey, you couldn't even get them to like maintain their budget, and let alone you know have it go down. Oh yeah, like, it goes up every year. I here can't in fathom. I can't even fathom. Yeah. Like, how do you cut a budget? If you can't even cut your budget by two percent, how did you get it cut by? 50%. No, they laughed us out of the room when we tried to cut it by five percent right. here in Keene. Right, right. Mm. Like this just blows my mind. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. It's still, all about numbers. It's all about persuasion. Uh, and it can be done, so that's pretty. And Keene is the worst town in this in New Hampshire. It's one of the top, probably three worst towns for sure. Um, you know, Nashua ain't great either. Yeah, Nashua's pretty Massachusettsy. Yes, they call it North Boston for a reason, and yeah. their their mask mandate was even more tyrannical uh, than the one that happened in, in Keene. Uh, more coming up here. You can share your thoughts with us. We'll get into El Salvador's Bitcoin experiment coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join the show. You can hear the number 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're talking about different areas of the world and acceptance of cryptocurrency and different approaches to this. So here in New Hampshire, we've got an amazing network of freedom-loving people uh, who have migrated here, as the three of us have. We're all migrants. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you came from New Jersey. That's correct. Nobody, I think, were you in Florida before you moved here? Or um, Michigan? I was in Florida. I went back to Michigan briefly before I came here. And I was in Florida. So uh, none of us knew each other prior to, uh, to migrating here. So the fact that we have now thousands of of people who have moved here for, for instance, the Free State Project, or some of them didn't even join the Free State Project. Many people just came here. I'm actually surprised at how many people haven't joined the Free State Project. Yeah, there's a lot. Mm. And yeah. so thousands of liberty-loving activists moved here, and many of them moved way prior to, uh, I moved in 2006. Nobody, I think you came here oh eight. Uh, if I recall yep. correctly. So before crypto even became a thing, a lot of the uh, Free Staters were here using things like silver, uh, mm-hmm. to do exchanges because we value the idea of getting away from the government money, the, yeah. the fiat money, which is essentially just a system to rob you. And most of us still do uh, exchanges in precious metal. Yeah, I do a lot more now that I'm prohibited from using cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't prohibit me from using gold. But, which is kind of funny because they took your gold. Uh, they sure did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so when we're talking about the Crypto 6 case there. If you, you want to learn more about that, go to thecrypto6.com. But that's not the, the focus here. Um, so here in New Hampshire, we've got an amazing community of freedom lovers that are accepting cryptocurrency. They're accepting gold backs and, and silver and other things like that. And that is unbeatable. There's just nothing like that anywhere on the planet. However... Some places have some really killer crypto activists, like we're learning here at St. Martin, which is an island in the Caribbean, might be the top location on the planet for local businesses accepting cryptocurrency voluntarily. Mm. Mm. Now, there's another place on the planet, El Salvador, that made a lot of headlines last year when the president of El Salvador, who's this like 40-year-old guy that wears a backwards baseball cap, (laughs) he's like... Mr. Cool uh, President guy, but he's also, of course, you know, a dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he announced that uh, El Salvador was going to become the first uh, country on the planet to make Bitcoin legal tender. And, well, there was a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. The right way to do it would simply to be to proclaim it and to mm-hmm. say, all right, Bitcoin's now legal tender. Have at it, you know? Yeah. And the wrong way to do it was Not the way they the did Not in the sense it. that, because a lot of people think legal tender means you have to accept it. Yeah. And that's not the sense in which you're using the term. True. You're just saying, uh, basically, we're not going to tax you going into crypto and we're not going to tax you coming out of crypto. I mean, does it even mean that, technically? Well, legal tender does tend to mean that it is mandatory to accept for debts, at least in the United States. That's the terminology. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't have a debt with somebody, then you don't have to pay them in dollars. You can pay them you know, for whatever they're asking. Mm. Um, but I want to jump into this story here about this. So they did it the wrong way. They did it the mandatory way. And mm. now the president of the country has sort of walked that back by saying, well, we're not going to enforce that aspect of the law. But it's in there. And a lot of the corporations have jumped the hoops. So you can go to McDonald's in El Salvador and you can pay with Bitcoin. Mm. So that has happened. Now, a lot of the other people, the individuals, the mom and pop businesses, not so much. And there's a story here from restofworld.com. It's all about this. Looking back at the last now basically six or seven months of this experiment in El Salvador. So I'm going to jump into this here. So when El Salvador officially made Bitcoin legal tender in September of 2021, Jose Bonilla was one of the first citizens to sign up for a government-backed digital wallet that lets anyone use a cryptocurrency. 
The 23-year-old Salvadoran who runs a shoe store with his family in the tourist town of Concepcion de Atico was looking forward to trying out the technology. He'd heard that it would reduce costs and speed up payments. After a few days of overcoming technical glitches, Bonilla was up and running and accepting payments in Bitcoin from customers. But the shine soon wore off. By February of this year, Bonilla's list of complaints about Bitcoin was long. The only available Bitcoin ATM was too far away. The government helpline was slow. And the price? Too volatile. One day he lost a $25 transaction from a customer due to technical issues and never heard back from the Digital Wallet's customer service team. He said... I decided not to use it anymore. Wow. And he's not the only one. Six months since El Salvador's Bitcoin law came into effect, adoption of the cryptocurrency remains patchy. Even on Bitcoin Beach, a rugged strip of Salvadoran coastline that has become a mecca for crypto disciples, the transition has been challenging. When rest of the world visited shortly after law, the law came into force, some were still unsure about Bitcoin. Coconut vendor Dina Ponce said she was able to make more sales by expanding to accept digital payments for the first time, but she didn't fully understand the technology and the value of Bitcoin hadn't risen enough to give her the savings she'd hoped for. Other businesses around Bitcoin Beach said they'd given up on Bitcoin and reverted to accepting only cash. Quote, we were losing money because of the way the currency loses value, said 21-year-old Axel Medina, who helped his family run a surf school and restaurant. It was difficult to maintain our business like that. Now, obviously, these objections that you're hearing from these folks are people who don't fully understand or have any real grasp of what they've gotten mm-hmm. into. No, they don't. And that's one of the problems that comes in when, you know, the government puts a gun to your head and says, okay, thou must accept, you know, okay, well, I have to do this now. They didn't take the time to actually learn about it. We know that the price of Bitcoin can go up and down, but mm. these people had the experience of, guess what happened after El Salvador started accepting <laughs> Bitcoin? The price went down, yeah. and it started mm-hmm. to go down till it finally hit, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to play with it a little bit and understand it a little bit before you can really begin to get confident. And then over over time, over enough time, uh, if you keep accepting it and you keep using it, you understand the value in it yeah. because you can see it. But in the in a very short term, if you if you if you get on board and it's in the middle, it's getting it's going down, and people are hurt. paying for you. It might seem like you're losing money, but it's not necessarily the case over the course of a longer period of time. Yes, had they held on yeah. to it, they may have been very happy after a year or two or whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't help you make the rent payment that month, right? right? If, and this is this is why if you're so desperate, right? Um, if you're if you go, we're getting most of your uh, sales in crypto in Bitcoin, for example, you might have a problem. But, but I the doubt reality that was the is majority. that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not an issue. They were willing. To, they were able to right. walk away from it. So and, obviously, it's a very small amount of their right. sales. And not only that, but this, there are still some issues with cryptocurrencies that are not not perfect. At least the ones people are mostly using. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't cryptocurrencies that are more stable and don't have these. You know, huge swings in price. That's so, true. That's true. There are uh, other. Options. You know, um, it's it's uh, it's it's one of these things where you know uh, it might make sense to say have some Bitcoin or have some other crypto, 
but use a stable coin for, you know, acceptance or payments or whatever. And then you can choose what you and I haven't. Unfortunately, that would take some serious research, right? Somebody would have to learn about what a stable well, coin is, figure out which tools, ones to accept. And right. And the, some some of these things are, are problems mostly because the tools don't fully exist to make they really it don't. straightforward and simple yeah. yet. There's um, hardly any payment apps. I mean, any pays one of them, but they don't yep. have stable coins there. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is another. They've got yeah. the Bitcoin Cash. Uh, there's a certain app called the Marketplace or something it, like that. You know, like they say, we're still in the early days of crypto. It yeah. is becoming more widespread in spite of the uh, hiccups. Um, and I'm not surprised. Um, and it, it's because there are people who are seeing and understanding the value who have held it a while. And, uh, it, you know, as as more people begin to understand it, um, you know, you're going to see increasing growth. So when Nayib Bukele, who is the president of El Salvador, first announced the Bitcoin law in June of 2021, he made a grand promise to his citizens. Adopting Bitcoin, he said, would digitize the economy, decrease dependence on the U.S. dollar, lower remittance fees, which is absolutely true, uh, which account for about 20 percent of the country's gross domestic product. So there's a lot of people that are they have family in, say, the United States. And they send money down to their relatives in El Salvador over things like Western Union and MoneyGram. Yikes. Or, right. And they're taking huge percentages. Ooh, absolutely. Taking, these remittances are very, very expensive. And if you can send uh, Bitcoin down to your loved ones and then they can walk to a Bitcoin uh, vending machine or an ATM or two-way unit uh, in the streets. And they do have these in El Salvador. Or this, just spend it on tacos. Yeah. This could be a huge game changer for people that are, that are accepting remittances. They could, they could get more of the remittance that their loved ones are trying to send to them. So... I definitely agree with some of the reasons behind this, but the way they did this, more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. We're talking about the Bitcoin experiment down in El Salvador, which has been a very interesting one. Uh, those of us who believe in voluntary choice are not big fans of the way this thing was implemented. But that said, there are some lessons to be learned. There are some interesting stories to be told about what has happened in El Salvador in the last six or seven months. Uh, their experiment, this uh, brazen experiment that I do appreciate some of this. right? Like I appreciate the mm-hmm. fact that the IMF, the International Monetary Fund started threatening the El Salvadoran government mm. uh, over this saying you should un- you need to undo this or else. Yeah. And the president of El Salvador responded by tweeting a Simpsons meme uh back at them and just basically blew them off. So What was the Simpsons meme? Do you remember? What I'll it have said? to f- see if I can dig it up for you. It was uh it was funny. It, like, it was it was pretty funny. I'm still waiting but, for uh the le- the president of El Salvador to be taken out by the US government. Well they're not happy about it either. There's actually uh recent news just this week. Yeah. There was a bill that is being filed by the US uh Senator House or whatever, but uh, one of them. Yep. And there's a bill that says they want the US government to start writing reports like every month or something on what's happening with Bitcoin down in El Salvador because they believe it's a threat to the U.S. dollar. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole point of Bitcoin from yeah. the very beginning. So on the uh, on the world scene, this has had some interesting yeah. waves. Uh, so I mean, I mean, I guess I, I support him in that area, like just him flipping the bird to the fiat. Like he'll po- oh, yeah. he'll post on his uh, social media about how awful fiat is. Yeah, he, he will come mm. straight out and say that. So I do value him for that, but I just don't appreciate the uh, the mandate. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is like you know one draconian government against another draconian government. Yes. Right. Well, he's so. now positioning himself as this sort of leader of the free world, which of course is not true about El Salvador. Mm. It is not a free place. Uh, but that's what he's trying to act like. And anyway, that aside, let's jump back into the story here from restofworld.org. They pointed out here that El Salvador could become the first country to prove the transformative power of cryptocurrency on a national scale. It's difficult to get a full picture of the scope of Bitcoin adoption in the country, however. In January, the government endorsed a report that at least 4 million users, which is nearly the entire population of the country, had been verified as authentic users of the government's wallet in the past several weeks. But in March, a survey released by the Chamber of Commerce and Industry reported that 86% of the businesses contacted said they had never conducted a transaction using Bitcoin. Interviews with dozens of Salvadoran citizens, economists, and technology developers reveal cracks in the project. Since launching, the initiative has been plagued with technical glitches, while tensions have arisen from the mismatch between Bitcoin's decentralized ethos and El Salvador's authoritarian government. As Bukele continues to double down on Bitcoin, his interest now appears to be less about getting everyday Salvadorans to accept the cryptocurrency and more about addressing his administration's economic troubles and boosting his own image. If he can stick around a couple more years, I think his problems will be solved. (laughs) If the price of Bitcoin goes up in that time, it'll make him look pretty good. Uh, Alex Gladstein, the chief strategy officer for the Human Rights Foundation, said, why did he do this? Well, to me, it's kind of obvious. He did it for self-interest and to get famous. El Salvador's association with Bitcoin started in 2019 on Bitcoin Beach in the town of El Zante. That's where an evangelical surfer named Mike Peterson teamed up with a local resident, Jorge Valenzuela, uh, Valenzuela, to transform the small coastal town into a circular economy built around the cryptocurrency. Seeing potential for nationwide application, President Bukele announced his Bitcoin law at the cryptocurrency conference in Miami in June of 2021. The law made El Salvador the first country to accept Bitcoin as legal tender and required businesses to accept it as payment. Again, that's what the law says, but he says that won't be enforced. Yeah, I mean, the problem with this is that when you and and this happens all the time, this is not something exclusive to El Salvador. You know, you've got these politicians that will pass these laws and then they they won't enforce these laws, except they will enforce them when they want to put pressure on somebody and they'll use them selectively. Right. And that's Mm. the danger of basically passing laws that nobody reads or there's a lot of people who, um, you know, uh, they just go unenforced. Yeah. In El Salvador, Bukele proclaimed during the video uh, speech at his con- at the conference, he says, we're trying to start the design of a country for the future, unquote. To lay the groundwork for the transition, the government spearheaded development of technology that would make it possible for citizens to buy and sell using Bitcoin, including a digital wallet called Chivo, which literally means goat in Spanish, but is also <laughs> slang in Salvadoran for cool. Users could use the Chivo wallet to reach or to receive or send cryptocurrency funds. Think Venmo or PayPal, but for Bitcoin. But here's the thing. They didn't need to reinvent the wheel. Nope. 
There were already, I don't know, 50 different cryptocurrency wallets out there, all of them except Bitcoin, right? Like there's a ton of Bitcoin accepting wallets on the marketplace, and they a lot of them have had development for many years. If, yeah, and this is the thing. Like I could understand uh, if, if, they're, if they had some objective, right? Like they were trying to make it easier to use or streamlining something. I could kind of understand why yeah. they'd come out with their own wallet. That's not what happened. That's not the reason for this, yeah. clearly. Well, they, I'd really like to know what they were thinking when they decided to have their own wallet. I mean, th- there's got to be wallets that are in Spanish. Central control. These yeah. are this is a this is a custodial wallet, which means the <sighs> owner of the keys for that that lo- unlocks the Bitcoin is the government. Mm. It's not the individual who holds the wallet. So control, of course, was likely their their wow. primary goal. But they might they might say that ease of use was the reason. Uh, so the government has refused to provide details about the corporation that developed and owns this wallet. But the rest of rest of world has interviewed some of the private firms involved with the rollout. A U.S. based cryptocurrency company called Athena Bitcoin plays the largest role. They met with uh, Athena Bitcoin CEO Eric Gravengard in uh, his offices in San Benito, where he described how the company first got involved with the experiment. They were originally focused on building Bitcoin ATMs, which let their users exchange fiat for cryptocurrency or vice versa. In the U.S. in 2019, he, who knew about Bitcoin Beach through a mutual friend, offered to provide one of them for the project. He visited El Salvador in February of last year, or sorry, 2020, to help install the machine, which was El Zante's first of any description, first ATM at all. Over the first following months, he fielded calls from people in El Salvador who told him they were driving to El Zante, 50 kilometers away from San Salvador, just to use his ATM, so he decided to send a couple more. Those new ATMs were being processed in customs when President Bukele announced the Bitcoin law. Gravengard said the administration asked if the company wanted to do a ribbon-cutting ceremony and install more than 200 ATMs across El Salvador. These would later become Chivo-branded machines. Quote, we came to El Salvador without a political agenda. We came here because we are Bitcoiners, he said. Or this was one of their directors. Soon, Athena also took on a bigger project, designing the front-end software for the Chivo wallet, as well as a point-of-sale system called Athena Pay that would allow the stores to accept Bitcoin. Actually, sending Bitcoin back and forth can be expensive and slow and requires a certain level of technical know-how. Athena's ATMs would be useless if the average average Salvadoran didn't have a wallet that they could use to buy and sell Bitcoin in a fast and cost-effective manner. By December, 950 Athena Pay terminals had been installed and were in use across the country. So that's a pretty impressive rollout. Yeah. Mm. Hundreds of ATMs in a country of a few million people. Uh, it makes Bitcoin, in theory, fairly accessible. What could go wrong? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're sharing with you a uh, interesting story about what has been happening in El Salvador uh, ever since September of last year when they sort of mandated that businesses have to accept Bitcoin. It's in the law, 
but it's supposedly not being enforced at the very least on uh, the mom and pop businesses out there because it would be a real bad look. Like it would look really bad if they started arresting a seventy-year-old guy who doesn't even want a cell phone, right? Yeah, uh, who just doesn't care about Bitcoin. So they haven't gone that far with it, but it's still been an absolute mess of a rollout because they do have a government Bitcoin wallet that they hired a private company to design for them. Of course, you know it's good that the government themselves didn't try to do it, but it's still a it's still an absolute mess. There've been huge problems. Uh, but they're kind of going into the the history behind this uh, situation. It's a company called Athena Bitcoin that actually is a Bitcoin ATM company. I've, I've actually seen their name here in the United States. They have Bitcoin locations, Bitcoin ATM locations here. And they ended up having like 950 terminals set up by the end of the year last year across El Salvador. But as a lot of people ended up discovering, it was a bit of a mess uh, to try using this wallet at all. The Chivo wallet, as it's called. So let me go on here with uh, the story from restofworld.org. The amount paid to each company involved in the Chivo rollout is unknown. Reporting from Salvadoran and U.S. outlets estimates the government has spent upwards of millions of dollars on this. In September, when the Bitcoin law came into effect, Athena's stock price briefly shot up over 600%. The boss of Athena describes himself as a libertarian and sees no contradiction in El Salvador's Bitcoin ecosystem being controlled by the Bukele administration. He told Rest of World, money is social. At some point, says the article, as a participant in the economy, you have to cede some control and trust someone else, whether it is the developer of an app, a bank, or a government. He said, I don't particularly want to live in a world where I don't trust anyone. He said, it's not a happy world. I mean, there is one good thing about this, is they're not mandating the Chivo app. And you can apparently use whatever app you want in order to uh, make a payment. Correct. They are incentivizing Chivo, however. They're giving, uh, I believe, $30 worth of Bitcoin to any El Salvadoran who successfully sets the app That's up. That's true. And they do have to do some know your customer. They have to ID themselves or whatever. Uh, but a Bitcoin adoption over the last six months has not gone smoothly, according to the story here. For one, El Salvador is a country where cash is king. Almost 70% of the population is unbanked. Critics say the country's Bitcoin transition leaves behind those who don't have a smartphone mainly older Salvadorans and those without internet access. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is this seems kind of manipulative to say it and phrase it like that because ultimately, yes, there are some people who are not going to be able to get, you know, be advantaged, uh, gain it, gain something from this, mm-hmm. but is that really a good reason to hurt everybody else? They're not losing anything by it. Yeah, it no, that's like. true. Right. In 2019, about 50% of the population was not online. Further, many uh, El Salvadorans were clueless about Bitcoin when they found out their country planned to make it legal tender. One poll of about 1,300 of them by the Central American University leading up to the rollout showed only about 10% of respondents fully understood cryptocurrency. I don't know what they mean when they say fully understood. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know that fully. I fully yeah. understand cryptocurrency. Uh, I, would be, I would be considered an expert. And I don't fully understand crypto. But Alejandro Mullins, who works at Athena Bitcoin and whose job it is to get merchants to download and use the Chivo wallet, told Rest of World his own mother 
has yet to sign up for her Chivo wallet. <laughs> Some of those who've signed up have complained of technical issues with the Chivo app, including accounts created through identity fraud, lost transactions, and receiving error codes when trying to make payments. And there's nothing more frustrating in a cryptocurrency transaction or what would be a cryptocurrency transaction than the failure of the wallet or the receiving uh, end or whatever, the failure of the transaction. And that is so frustrating. And then to have to call up a government help line yeah mm. that adds insult ain't nobody to got time for that yeah in september of 2021 Eunice malara which remember september's when this started this was when they officially began this experiment a 22 year old medical student waited in line behind dozens of people at a chivo atm in san salvador shortly after launch she was excited to try out the app but saw an erroneous balance on her on her account when she contacted the government call center, they couldn't resolve the issue and told her they'd open a case. Quote, it hasn't worked all day, she said, and I had to call the call center and they told me they'd open a case, she said to Rest of World. She hoped to have more luck resolving the issue in person. Others have more ideological complaints about the technology. Software developer in his mid-30s learned about the project along with the rest of the world when Bukele announced it in June of 2021. He said it took us all by surprise. He took an interest, uh, Mr. Gomez, took an interest in the digital infrastructure the Salvadoran government was building for its transition to Bitcoin, including the Chivo wallet, which is known as a custodial wallet. Custodial wallets address a common problem for cryptocurrency users. Bitcoin payments employ the blockchain, a process by which every transaction is logged in a digital ledger and then verified through a computational process. Users hold a public key, which assigns them to their Bitcoin holdings, and a private key, which allows them to access their funds. But this can cause problems. Users who lose their key, their private key for instance, can never recover their Bitcoin. With a custodial wallet, a third party holds the keys so that users don't have to worry about losing them. And that is a really good argument for a custodial wallet. There's no doubt about it. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who they cannot remember their password to save their life. <laughs> they don't know where they put the 12 backup words. And they've lost their Bitcoin. So I get why people value a, a custodial wallet. You know... I do too. Um, but this puts the government in custody of your funds, and that's the worst kind of custodial I, yeah. wallet. Yeah, I I think there's probably other ways to solve these sorts of problems potentially, but you know, it, it is it is a good question. Um, I I think the Edge Wallet has had the best solution for um, decreasing the likelihood of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, it, it isn't as sort of foolproof as far as recovery as having a hosted wallet right for someone so, you can go to yeah. and show an id and have them reset your password or something anytime yeah. you build a, be- a foolproof system somebody's going to build a better fool that's yeah. a good point <laughs> it made sense that the chivo wallet would be custodial the administration had to build a wallet to be functional for everyday people the majority of whom have never even had a bank account but it didn't sit right with gomez many bitcoin purists criticize custodial wallets as contradictory to what they see as crypto's fundamental ethos of decentralization a famous adage in the crypto world goes not your keys not your, your coin. Absolutely. In other words, if another entity has access to your private key, you don't actually own your Bitcoin. Even though Chivo is technically a private company, it's 99% owned by a state-owned company and funded by a $150 million public trust. In effect, the government controls its citizens' keys. 
Gomez drafted long Twitter threads about his findings. The next day, a few days before the Chivo wallet was set to launch, the police pulled him over for what they said was a problem with his car, took him to two police stations, and confiscated his phones. Authorities announced he was being investigated for financial fraud, but Gomez was never formally arrested or even charged with a crime. Two organizations have filed a complaint with the country's attorney general, alleging Gomez's detention was arbitrary. He suspects he was targeted for speaking out against Chivo. That's not cool. Definitely. But also not a surprise. Remember, this person, this Bukele... You know, for all his backwards hat, cool guy uh, demeanor, he is a dictator, basically. I mean, he's technically elected, but there's been some things we've reported on him before. Like, he's done some sneaky things with, like, the Supreme Court there, and there's definitely, like, some serious corruption in this, you know, this little country. Mm. The Chivo wallet, though, isn't mandatory. Uh, Oh, and uh, Rest of World reached out to the authorities, but has not yet heard back. (laughs) Of course (laughs) They don't want to comment. The Chivo wallet isn't mandatory. They can choose to use a different Bitcoin wallet, but users are incentivized with a $30 sign-up bonus, $30 worth of Bitcoin, equivalent to almost three days of minimum wage in El Salvador. So there's definitely an incentive for somebody to jump those hoops and, and get this Bitcoin wallet run by the government. More on what has happened in El Salvador, and you can share your thoughts with us as well. 603-283-6160. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live, by the way, brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix. That's Freedoms with an S. Phoenix. Dot com. They've got the uh, freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty at freedomsphoenix.com. And a daily dispatch you can sign up for and get up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. It's freedomsphoenix.com. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. Jack is in Washington, or, yeah, Washington State, and then we'll talk more about the Bitcoin experiment in El Salvador and how it's been a bit of an ugly mess. But go ahead, Jack. It has been. Um, I'm going to come in kind of a, as a devil's advocate, and I'm a, I listen a lot. Um, I feel like uh, we sometimes get lost in a lot of this conversation, where you can find a lot of conversations about Bitcoin online, YouTube videos, where it gets to, and I listen to you guys every single night, seven days a week. And, you know, we get a lot of repeating of the same words, the wallet and that, and not being mean. Um, Cause I love you guys. I listen a lot and I love Captain, uh, Captain kick, Butt. I'm going to say, butt just in case, um, but I feel like you go one liner or one line and that's it for the whole show and it gets repetitive one I line you guys. oh it's all one in bitcoin yeah two and a half three hours of it yeah we don't talk I, about bitcoin so, uh as often as i think you're trying to make it out to to be i mean we most of the time recent yeah it has been most of the show today it has been last friday yeah. it was too I, I go to npr to listen to npr and that and that's very gross or terrible, you know. But anyway, I still appreciate you guys. Okay. Well, did you have anything you actually wanted to talk about? Um, I think ideally uh, the whole world is run by Bitcoin. I think that uh, you guys have changed my mind about Ukraine and Russia. 
I think there is something going on there that initially I thought wasn't. Um, I don't know. You guys make a lot of great points. Okay. So and you just I wanted like, to criticize Bitcoin as a topic. <laughs> I try to be as nice as possible okay. about it. Well, I'll tell you what. I honestly don't really care hours. what you think about Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just straight up. To, nice. to me, Bitcoin is one of the most you important think, topics. Cryptocurrency is one of the most important topics, show. Jack. I miss, I, miss, I miss Badass or whatever his name is. He's way better than you, man. Okay. Have a nice night. Uh, Bitcoin, if it's not for you, then go listen to NPR. I really don't care. Uh, but Bitcoin is one of the most important topics. Cryptocurrency is one of the most important topics on the planet because it empowers the individual to escape from the fiat money system. And if you don't understand why that matters, then maybe this isn't the show for you. Hmm. I don't care. Uh, it's fine. You know, you can dislike the topics if you want to. The phones are open here and you can bring up anything you want. But he had nothing to say. Yeah. You know what I would say in reaction to that is that we actually this free talk live. We cover a lot of different stuff. Absolutely. Right? If you listen on one night of the week, you're going to hear different content than the next night. of the There's week. been a lot of coverage of Russia and yeah. Ukraine, as he acknowledged. I think there's some, you know, it's funny because I think there is some valid point in some respects to we did cover only crypto basically this whole show so um and i don't think there's we're not obligated to do anything else i don't think there's necessarily a problem with that but i could understand it's going to turn some people off and i get attract other people i get that yeah like i said there's other shows out there you don't have to listen yep. to free talk live if you don't understand the value of what cryptocurrency is doing and why it's important in the world after all the times we've explained it and have made crystal clear as to why it's so critical for freedom for human individual freedom and primarily besides the fact that free talk live is open phones which it is which is why sarah can call in and talk about allergies or you know you could have called in about whatever you wanted there but uh you know it's open phones primarily it is ultimately the show that we want to do you know we bring in things to talk about and tonight we wanted to talk about bitcoin we both we started with the same story and from there went to uh and it was by the way related to russia and, and that is that is usually a good indicator too uh that it's a good topic when we multiple people bring in the yep. same story more or less yep and then we ended up getting onto the saint martin's thing which i don't even remember how that happened um for whatever reason uh it wasn't in my show pro- oh that was your show prep i think saint yeah martin thing mm. yep so and then San Salvador or El Salvador is related to that, and uh, it's a topic we've discussed uh, over the last several months from time to time, and this is a follow up on it. In fact, we haven't talked about El Salvador in any significant sense in months uh, on this program, so it's time for a follow up. Back to the story here, RestOfWorld.org. Again, this is a critical experiment. What's going on there in El Salvador, and it's messed up. And we're talking about how they screwed this thing up here. Uh, in November of 2021, because it was the government mandating it, that's the short version, two months after the Bitcoin law came into effect, hundreds of visitors poured into San Salvador's small international airport from across the world. They were waved past the immigration check without even paying the usual $12 fee to enter the country. Although if they wanted to pay, officers were accepting Bitcoin. It was a uh, Bitcoin week in El Salvador, a week of conferences and events that attracted an international crowd of crypto believers and an opportunity for Bukele's administration to convince the global Bitcoin community of what the cryptocurrency could do for El Salvador and what El Salvador could do for Bitcoin. Bitcoin Beach had been transformed for the occasion. The streets were littered with food stands with big plastic signs emblazoned with the Bitcoin symbol. A DJ played techno and pop songs, including a cryptocurrency-themed version of Despacito, 
the lyrics being Tango que bailar contigo hoy. I have to dance with you today. Replaced with Tango que comprar un Bitcoin hoy. I have to buy a Bitcoin today. <laughs> Daggard Allison, who told Rest of World he's a property manager who dabbles in cryptocurrency in Los Angeles as a hobby, had been at Bukele's initial announcement in the Miami Bitcoin conference. He was so enthusiastic about the Bitcoin law, he knew he had to visit El Salvador, but was concerned about safety issues in the country. Bitcoin week was the perfect excuse to come, knowing he would be surrounded by a wave of like-minded people. But the Bitcoin mecca didn't quite live up to his expectations. Now, keep in mind, Bitcoin Beach is the Bitcoin place of all of El Salvador. This is where the whole experiment started before it even became an official uh, legal currency. So this should be the the, the mecca, right? Mm. Bi- Bitcoin Beach should be the keen of El Salvador. But it didn't quite live up to its expectations. He had tried to rent a surfboard from a stand in El Tunco with Bitcoin, and they told him they didn't accept it. He asked if they had Chivo, the official government wallet. They said yes, but they didn't know how to use it with other wallets. The functionality was hidden behind a confusing array of buttons. Ooh. Ooh. So yeah, you can use other wallets in El Salvador, but it doesn't sound like they've made it easy for people with the official government app to interact with them. Quote, from a Bitcoin perspective, it's amazing. It's so groundbreaking and beautiful, and in my mind, looks like perfection, he said about El Salvador. And then you come here, and you realize that on the ground, it's a different ordeal. It's a struggle, he said. Craig Tonyes, a cheerful emigre from the United States who ran a hotel, or rather a hostel, in El Zante before leaving during the pandemic, said that Bitcoin Week preparations made it seem much more catered around the cryptocurrency than it actually was. He said it had a very Potemkin Village vibe. Oh, man. You familiar with that reference? <laughs> no. Uh, it's, oh, I, you know, I know, I know the reference. Um, I can't explain it though. Potemkin village, if I recall correctly, was a sort of show village and I believe it was in the Soviet Union, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, you know, North Korea has something of that nature. Yeah. 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 So basically it was like a phony village to impress people Mm. when the reality was much different from that since he returned in november he said the only people he's seen carry out transactions with bitcoin have been tourists the highlight of bitcoin week was announced with just a day's notice after all the conference panels had ended and many attendees had flown home swigging from bottles of suprema and regia beer the remaining crowd faced a stage overlooking the pacific coast uh, late in the evening they raised their smartphones ready to record as fireworks exploded overhead a man walked casually on stage wearing a white shirt slacks and a backward baseball cap and carrying a microphone words on the screen introduced him as el presidente bukele had come to speak to the crowd as the music died down he addressed his audience in english so how's bitcoin week going he said Bukele spoke the Bitcoin community's language, referencing Satoshi Nakamoto, the founder of Bitcoin, and sprinkling his speech with insider jargon like orange pilled, which uh, means uh, something good for Bitcoin. Then he made an announcement that he'd been leading up to, the creation of a new city called Bitcoin City in the southern region of La Union. It's not just an idea, but it would actually be a legal municipality with a mayor and everything. Now, for those that have not heard of Bitcoin City, They say that this Bitcoin city residents would pay no income tax, no capital gains tax, no property tax, no payroll tax, and no municipal tax. They want to fund the Bitcoin city through a Bitcoin bond. 
And that gets very interesting as well. We won't have time to talk about it tonight, but I will put this full story over on our social media accounts for you to dig in deeper. But should give you that gives you a little taste of just how messy things have been so far with this official government-mandated Bitcoin rollout. It's definitely going to be something to keep our eyes on, and we will definitely do that. And if Good you don't, ideas don't have to be mandatory. And if you don't like it, Absolutely. call in and bring up something else. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>